I want to welcome you to day three of week four of our look together through the book of Acts, chapter 16 today. And remember, Paul is on his second missionary journey. Well, Barnabas, we saw at the end of last week, is ministering with John Mark. Acts, the book of Acts, follows the course of Paul. And this is a chapter, Acts chapter 16, that is filled with practical lessons about the real life of ministry. As you see Paul going different places, serving people in different ways, there are just practical, real lessons that I need to hear, you need to hear, about serving God and what it's really like. What does it mean to serve Jesus? And how is that lived out in my life? There are five specific lessons, in fact, six if we have time, that I want us to look at together today that we learn from Paul in this chapter. Lesson number one is the danger of doing the right thing. If you're going to serve God, you've got to know the danger of doing the right thing. Verse 16, 1 to 3, Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewish and a believer, and whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on, on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. For the sake of the Jews, Paul asked Timothy to be circumcised, and he said yes. In that moment, it seemed to be it was likely the right thing to do. His mother was a Jew, so he was half Jewish, half Greek in his family. If he'd been all Gentile, Paul probably would not have asked that this be done, but because because his mother was a Jewess, he said, okay, this may be the right thing to do. Yes, it seems like the right thing to do. I think it will help people to not have a barrier when they hear the message. Seemed like the right thing to do, probably was the right thing to do in the moment. But later in ministry, oh, Paul suffered over this one. Many used it to say that Paul believed that we should still follow the Old Testament laws. Well, you had Timothy circumcised. Why shouldn't everybody be circumcised? It's a reminder that you will get criticized. You will get attacked for doing the right thing. So what do you do? You do the right thing. In the moment, you pray about it and you say, Lord, what's the right thing to do? And you do the right thing. You can't figure out the future and you certainly can't silence the critics. So you do the right thing. And you realize there is danger in doing the right thing. If you're looking for a life where there's no danger of criticism or attack, you're not looking for the life of faith. In fact, there's no such life on this earth. The only way to get there is to live no life at all. Lesson one, the danger of doing the right thing. Lesson two, one of the most important choices in ministry is what you choose not to do. Lesson two, one of the most important choices in ministry is what you choose not to do. Verses six to 10. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Pergi and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, notice, first of all, at the end of verse 10, God had called us. Why does it say us there? Because Luke is along with Paul on this journey. He doesn't mention his name much, but he's there. When he says us, when he says we, that means he's along with him. So he's seeing, he's an eyewitness of these events. And in these events, God says no. God says no to going to Asia. The Holy Spirit kept them from preaching there. 
the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them to enter into Bithynia. Why? Because God wanted them in Macedonia. One of the most important choices in ministry is what you choose not to do, because when you choose not to do something, that means that you have time, there's an open door to do something else. In fact, even what I'm doing right now is an example of that, teaching drive-time devotions. Years ago, we had a uh, Wednesday night study at Saddleback, and I taught through the Bible on Wednesday nights. Because of wanting to emphasize our small groups, we decided to not do Wednesday night any longer and to have small groups throughout the week. But I still wanted to teach the Bible. Our church still needed to hear the Bible. So what did I do? I began to teach it in a podcast. I wouldn't be doing this right now if I was still teaching on Wednesday nights. What you choose not to do opens the door to something else that God might have for you to do. Lesson two, one of the most important choices, what you choose not to do. Lesson one, the danger of doing the right thing. Lesson number three, God works in places we do not expect. It doesn't always happen like you think it's going to. Listen to what happens in verse 13 in Philippi. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Here they are in Philippi, and there's not a synagogue there, apparently. And when there's not a synagogue, they would have a place of prayer outside of the city. In that day, if you had 10 Jewish men, you could have a synagogue. But otherwise, you could gather outside of the city as many women as wanted, and maybe a few men, and they would have a place of prayer. So no synagogue, usually Paul and his team, his evangelistic team, went to the synagogue and preached there. They're not able to go there, so they go outside the city. And God works there. Not the usual place, not how they'd done it before, but there they meet Lydia. And there she is brought to know Jesus Christ. There her life has changed. God often works in places we just do not expect. Now, there's a fourth lesson as we walk through this chapter. The fourth lesson comes out of some of the difficulty that was had by those who heard the message and wanted to reject the message. Fourth lesson is we often give noble excuses for our selfish desires. In this chapter, we hear the story of Paul healing a slave girl who was possessed by a demon. And somehow this demon enabled her to try to tell the future. And it was so impressive, the show of this demon, that the ones who owned this slave girl, they actually made people pay to hear these fortunes told. They were making a good money at it. It was a good business. And Paul heals this girl. They're using her as a circus sideshow, and God all of a sudden brings her into new life. So what are they going to do? Listen to what happens in verses 19 to 21. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. That's it. That's what they said. Nothing about we've lost our business. Nothing about what really happened. Nothing about we want to continue to use this woman to make money. No, they said, these men are Jews. We've already noticed there weren't a lot of Jews in this city. So it was a good charge to bring. And they're not advocating customs that are for us who are Romans. And in Philippi, it was a Roman city. In Philippi, it was saying, these men need to be punished. A very noble sounding group. But the truth is, they were just plain selfish. 
we often give noble excuses for our selfish desires. Now, if you're thinking of somebody else right now, and I am, I mean, it's easy to think of somebody else, somebody who's maybe not yet a believer or, and they're keeping Jesus at arm's length, but they're saying it's because they have better philosophy than you do or they can't trust what Christians have done through history. And yet the truth of the matter is they don't want to give up their drinking habit. The truth of the matter is they're immoral with women and they don't want to give that up. And you know it and they know it deep down. Isn't it easy to think about them? What about me? What about you? What noble excuse am I giving for keeping some selfish desire in my life? And sometimes we selfishly want to be alone. And so nobly we say, well, I just need a time away with the Lord. Truth of the matter is you, want to just, you just want to escape from your family for a while. You need some peace and quiet. Why not just say that? Giving noble excuses for selfish desires is a deep form of hypocrisy. And you see it all through the book of Acts. I've seen it in my life. You see it in your life. Jesus, help us help us as we grow. We need to let go of that. Uh, lesson number five is the same as lesson number three, and that is God works in places we do not expect. In verses 25 to 33, we see Paul and Barnabas, because of what happens, they're thrown into prison. And in that prison, you'd expect they're going to suffer, but they don't. In that prison, well, verse 25, listen to what happens. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved and all your household. And that's exactly what happened. That jailer was saved, all his household saved. God works in places we do not expect. And I'm impressed by the miracle that happens here, the earthquake that happens, and they're set free from the prison. But more than anything, I am impressed by the attitude of Paul and Silas, because even before God worked in ways that they did not expect, you could tell they expected God to show up. Now, they may have stayed in that prison for a long time. In fact, Paul does later in his ministry. And while he's there, he writes letters that become the New Testament. He expected God to work even if he had to stay in the prison. How do I know they expected God to work? Look at their attitude in verse 25. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. They were spiritual leaders of the other prisoners even while they're in prison. That's what I want in my life. That's what I hope for in your life, that we would expect God to work in places that we do not expect, that we wouldn't stop giving noble excuses for our selfish desires, that we would see in our lives that even in the midst of problems, God is still at work in many marvelous ways. And that there are times when the things that I say no to, those are the most important choices in ministry. I pray as we walk through this today that we would see the danger of doing the right thing, but that we'd still keep doing the right thing. Jesus, we just give all this to you. As we pray, we ask, Help us to do the right thing, even though it may be dangerous, is dangerous. Help us to say no to those things that you're saying no to in our lives, the good things that you're saying no to, so that we can do the best that you have for us. Help us to let go of the hypocrisy of giving noble spiritual excuses for our selfish desires. 
And God, help us to see you at work in places that we do not expect, to expect you to work in places we do not expect. We ask this in your name. Amen.